Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded, a podcast all about creating visibility, paths for growth, and opportunity for entrepreneurs. We focus on those entrepreneurs who are statistically underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. Your hosts are Zena Island, president of X Plus PR, a media relations agency, angel investor Aurelia Flores, managing member of Athena Digital Media Group, a digital marketing agency, and angel investor Christina Francis, president of Esteem Logic, an information technology, consulting, and training firm. In each episode, you will meet a new startup founder, hear about their company and where they are now. We then focus on one key challenge facing that entrepreneur, a challenge that is common among startups. Each episode also features a guest expert to weigh in on the challenge. Welcome to Get Found, Get Funded. Welcome to another episode of Get Found, Get Funded. In this episode, we learn about the impact of pitch competitions in community on the entrepreneur journey. To help highlight one example, we are here today with For the Few founder, Casey Nails, who I met at South by Southwest at a pitch competition called Boss Up, hosted by Black Girl Ventures founder Shelly Bell and team, who is also here today with us. Casey competed with five other women and won $1,000 at the Boss Up pitch competition. A little bit about Casey. Casey is a proud Houston native who received her BA in business administration with a concentration in marketing in 2014 from Howard University and master's in fashion entrepreneurship and innovation from the University of Arts in London. She plans to be the next big thing out of Houston by disrupting the fashion industry through the use of innovative fabrics and a unique business model to develop a sexy and sustainable lingerie line. She plans to use the evolving industry of fashion as a vehicle to encourage and empower young women across the globe. Welcome to the show, Casey. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and talk with you today. Great. And we also have with us today Shelly Bell, who is the founder of Black Girl Ventures, a social enterprise dedicated to finding creative, place-based solutions to dissolve the race and gender gap in access to capital. Black Girl Ventures' mission is to deliver a framework that increases the number of revenue-generating businesses led by women of color entrepreneurs. Boss Up is Black Girl Ventures' signature event, mixing crowdfunding and pitch competitions to increase community engagement and entrepreneurship while creating access to capital for women and the experiences off the chain. So, Shelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Thank you, Shelly and Casey, for joining us. Casey, I want to start off with you. Tell us about yes. how you came with the, came up with the idea of For the Few. So For the Few actually stands for for the fashion, for the earth, and for the woman. Mm -hmm. So it is a lingerie line that is kind of focused on this triple bottom line of fashion, earth, and women. Essentially, our aim is we want to promote women empowerment and positive body image by designing lingerie that provides comfort and utility without necessarily compromising your style, your craftsmanship, or the environment. Casey, you have said to us before some pretty amazing statistics about the mm -hmm. lingerie industry. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So just enjoying some research in the market because I have this lingerie interest, but I wanted it to be a profitable business. So I kind of had to figure out what was going on within the market. And interestingly enough, about one third of women or 33 percent of women are walking around right now with the wrong bra size on. Um, in addition to that, about 55 percent of women, when they walk into a lingerie store, they feel underrepresented. They feel like they're not able to find their size. They're not able to find the correct nude off. Offering. Um, and about 45% of the market is held uh, by Victoria's Secret. They have a huge portion of the market. So those are just some of the interesting things I found out within the lingerie sector within itself and kind of prompted me to want to do something about it or want to change uh, what I saw was an issue within the industry. So, Casey, a question. Who inspired uh -huh. you? Because um, you mentioned that to us before to start this this business venture. My mom. Uh, my mom has been my inspiration for a lot of things. I think initially she definitely sparked my interest in fashion. Um, more specifically, I think that a lot of times 
you know, your parents will tell you things and sometimes they stick with you and sometimes they don't. And one of the things that stuck with me and continues to stick with me that my mom told me is that every woman should have on a good bra and a good pair of underwear. And so I think that, you know, what good means is very subjective. But for me, what it means is something that's comfortable, something that fits well and something that's ethically made and ethically produced. You had also said something beautiful about kind of that, you know, what you have on under your outside clothing, your undergarments are also what kind of create the foundation for your Mm -hmm. outfit. And they also help influence how you feel about yourself day to day. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really beautiful concept as well. Yeah. I have um, I have a quote, actually, now that you said that, that I love that kind of speaks to that. And it's, um, it's by Alice Temperley. And what she says is lingerie is my next love after clothing. I think it is what is worn underneath that really inspires a woman to feel beautiful in her clothes, that inner secret glamour. And that's kind of what I live by. I think that, again, if you look good, you feel good. And your foundation to anything that you put on And the first thing that you put on is your bra and your underwear. And so I think that's a very important piece of your um, clothing, you know. Yeah, I I, I love that. Um, You know, I think the first part of clothing we put on is is our confidence. And adding that bra Mm -hmm. and underwear to that is is amazing. That's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that quote. Um, So I Mm want to also underscore that you are a startup, right? And so you're talking with such passion and you know, already you provided a lot of metrics. We love those when you can do that. Um, so tell mm-hmm. us a little bit more about your, ex- you mentioned your experience in London and kind of looking at the landscape right. of competitors in the business. H- how did that influence your decision uh, and kind of your approach to For the Few? So um, honestly, that really lit the fire. You know, I mean, I've, I've always been interested, but going and having that experience in my master's program kind of really ignited that fire. And a lot of the opportunities that I uh, was able to um, experience, I did an internship with Nicole DeCarl, who is a couture lingerie designer. And um, my little tidbit about that is that she actually designed what Beyonce wore for the Grammys when she sung Drunk in Love. Mm. So I got a chance to work with her. I did an internship, and it was mainly a production-based internship, but it was a really great insight into what happened um, within the production side of the lingerie industry. Um, In addition to that, I also worked with Karen Group, which is a huge conglomerate that um, works with Bottega Veneta, Gucci, Balenciaga, and their whole thing is they go into these um, big name brands and they work with how they can be sustainable and what types of um, sustainable materials that they can use. So that was another um, amazing experience to kind of further my research on what sustainability means within the fashion industry and just how important it is for us to think about where our clothes are being made, how they're being made and who they're affecting. Um and just in addition to that, being in London was a great experience. Um, you know, we talked yesterday, and I mentioned just how much further ahead they are than we are, you know? Um, and that's in terms of fashion, in terms of uh, innovation within fashion. And I think all of that put together really did, um, you know, it helped me to kind of flesh out and fill in the gap. Casey, let's talk about your business model. We talked a little bit about the background mm-hmm. and how you got here. Tell us about how you think about growing this business, where you want to take it, and um, just give us a little bit of an overview of that for us. So, um, again, we are focused on a triple bottom line of fashion, earth, and women. And so how we plan to do that is through in-house manufacturing, sourcing eco-friendly fabrics, packaging, and hardware. Um, Inclusion is very big for us, so we want to really represent and cater to um, everyday women. So that's opening up our size offering, offering a wider range of nude options, and marketing that represents what real women today look like. Um, In addition to that, we also are socially driven. So it's very important for me to inspire and empower as many women as possible, and we want to do that through our charitable partnerships. So that's just a little bit about what the business model looks like. Uh, I do plan to be mainly based online B2C, so eliminating the middleman, which I think um, 
is very important. And again, going back to some of the research I did earlier, you see a lot of these big box brands like Victoria's Secret kind of losing their momentum and people are shifting towards these more niche and independent brands. So Casey, tell us about Mm -hmm. the e-com platform. You are looking at being a solely e-com focused um, store, right? You're not looking yet to go into a storefront or anything like that. You're really wanting to focus on the online purchasing solution. Tell us a little bit more about that. So, um, you know, and again, going back to a lot of the research that I did, I'm finding out within the lingerie sector that a lot of women don't enjoy the process of going in and, and bra shopping. They, they don't enjoy it. It's a very intimate um, uh, kind of situation. So I, I do think that because initially you would think that, okay, well, you can't have a lingerie line uh, solely based online because how am I going to be fitted? And so I thought that that was an interesting thing that most women don't even like the process of going in and shopping for a bra. So I think that what will be very important in terms of being solely based online is that fit technology and making sure that we have um, kind of an exact way to measure and walk you through that process so that you are able to find that exact size of comfort. And what I would like to do or what I see for the website is um, once you are on the website, you will opt in and we will send you a free tape measure, which is yours to keep because our size fluctuates so much. We should be kind of measuring ourselves about every six months or so. And then after you receive that, we will walk you through with our online tutorial how to get your exact for the few measurements. And then once you get those, you're able to kind of shop away. The products are, of course, delivered straight to your door via post. And then um, when we sent you that tape measure, what we also sent you was a prepaid return label. So what we would like to do is have you send us back your gently worn or used bras, and then we donate them to Free the Girls, which is an organization dedicated to empowering women who have been affected by human trafficking. That's great. And, And I think part of what we had talked about, too, is that there is so much that is going to purchasing online now, right? I mean, like it used to be that we would just purchase certain very narrow kinds of items online. And now people are purchasing all sorts of things online. And it was a very deliberate choice for you to say, no, I really want to focus on the e-commerce portion of the business, right? Mm -hmm. This wasn't like, oh, I can't have a storefront, but rather, no, that's where I want to start. And particularly in driving toward your ideal clients. Right. In addition to that, and that's not to say that I'm not open to eventually um, selling in some some uh, storefront platforms, but I do want to be very strategic about that because we do have such an intense brand story and um, identity. And so whatever stores that I intend to put the products in, I want to make sure that their brand values also align with ours. So I, I would like to be strategic if I do plan to go that route as well. So, so Casey, let's talk a little bit about your ideal customer. Um, and if you can also share some of the previous research that you did that shows how often women buy bras, how often size changes, and women, you know, a lot of women don't actually think about you know the fluctuation of their size and how that impacts bra size. So can you talk about your ideal customer and some of the research that led you to that? Right. So um, we've kind of segmented our target market into three areas. Um, What I want to specifically focus on, our main focus is that mature millennial from 25 to 34. And what I found is that that person is looking for fit and functionality. And for our brand, um, or what we see this customer as, she is a businesswoman. She is asking those questions. She's a conscious consumer. She wants to know where her clothes are made you know, who they're affecting. Um, And in addition to that, uh, we also want to um, target younger millennials from 16 to 24. So these are a little bit more trendy of a customer. They're kind of uh, what we think of as our early adopters. They're more socially engaged with our brand. Um, Our brand story is very important to us. So I do think targeting that young millennial is important in terms of just getting that brand story out. And I know you also mentioned as well yesterday, just not to forget about that 35 and up market, which is very important. And in doing some of the research, that target market, they are specifically looking for, again, that functionality, that fit, and that comfort as well. 
Um, and just to kind of touch on some of the research that I found, uh, you know, kind of when looking at those specific target markets, is that that 25 and up and that 35 and up customer, they're also wanting to shop more sustainably. So it is becoming more important that customers are being more conscious. And that is something that I want to highlight within our brand as well. One of the stories that you had shared with us that I thought was just so sweet was that you mm-hmm. used to go with your mother before the right. school year and she would take you shopping for, you know, the underwear and the bras and so forth and, and really kind of having that mother-daughter experience together. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a really neat story that you can work on with the brand too. And Zena might talk more about how you can work that into your PR. But... No, that's great. <laughs> you have but... your, your PR hat on today. <laughs> I don't need to add any more. But, but that was, I thought that was really important. And particularly as you're thinking about, um, you know, kind of how you overlap in the different generations and your ideal client, there's going to be um, people who might you know, kind of have groups of people in different in, in those different age ranges. Anyway. And let me say mm-hmm. this too, you know, I am in that Victoria's Secret generation. I hate to say it, but I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's because mm-hmm. that's, that's what I grew up on. That's what I knew right, about. Right. And so, you know, talk a little bit how you will sell somebody like me who is caught up in the Victoria's Secret generation. I do not fit that mature m- millennial, but mm-hmm. we, but I do have the, funds i mean i can afford this particular type of line so how would you connect with us and be able to sell this line so i think initially and um my first thing would be uh is that i want to create a product that fits well that is first and foremost um fit and comfort and that's something that i see that a lot of these big box brands like a victoria's secret they kind of skip over and um in addition to that, knowing that you're shopping sustainably. So I think that that's also very important is knowing that what you're buying, how it's affecting the people that made it. I mean, we receive these products or these garments at the end of the supply chain, but we're not necessarily thinking about all of the people that it's affected before it's gone into our hands. And so I think when you hear that backstory and when you start to kind of, I guess, bring these forethoughts into the consumers' minds, they begin to question, well, you know, where are my clothes being made? How they? How are they affecting people? And um, not only that, but just also providing something that represents what real women look like today. If you look at these Victoria's Secret ads, you see women that are like a size two with their hair blowing in the wind. And I just don't think that's realistic for where we are as women today, representative of who we are. We're such strong, dynamic creatures. And I really want to create a line that celebrates and empowers that woman or women, all women. And I love that. And so you should definitely start weaving some of that into your brand story as well without mentioning okay. Victoria's Secret line. But they'll know who you're talking about. And speaking of Victoria's Secrets, what are some of your competitors? Uh, I'd like to hear more about that. Okay, so um, a few of my major competitors based in the U.S. would be Anaja and Hanky Panky. So Anaja was or is a brand that was started um, fairly recently, and I love their story. They have an all-woman in-house manufacturing or production facility that's based in South America. Um, They're all about promoting and empowering women. Um, Hanky Panky is a brand that's very popular. It's and Nordstrom, a lot of other places. And what a lot of people don't know, what I didn't know until I did my own research, was that they are sustainable in a sense. They use um, organic cottons and various materials, and they're actually all produced within the U.S. So, you know, they're they're doing a few of the things that I like to do. Um, they're not really doing everything that For the Few is going to offer. For the Few differentiates itself within that market kind of by promising inclusion in terms of size, nude offerings, and inclusive marketing, but also giving you that functionality because a lot of these um, sustainable brands that are starting up have shifted to this no-wire concept of a bra, which is great because it does give you comfort, but as you go up in your cup size and back size, you lose that functionality. Um, Another brand... Uh, it's UK-based, but um, it is one of my competitors, is Lar Intimates. And I love what they're doing in terms of fit technology. So they're looking at how to size women differently so that you do get a better fit and a more, um, a more exact fit. 
Casey, how did you hear about the Black Girl Ventures pitch competition? Okay, so I heard about the pitch competition from my best friend who actually entered the competition um, with me, Leandra Kentish. So, uh, you know, I had no, I, I knew South by South, Southwest was going on, and I, um, she just hit me up randomly and was like, hey, I'm signing up for this pitch competition. I think you should do it too. And initially, I was a little nervous because of kind of the stage that I am um, in my business. I'm in the very early and preliminary stages. And, you know, she just kind of was like, go ahead and go for it. And I I went for it, and um, it was an amazing experience. It was a motivating experience. It was inspiring. And, you know, I said this yesterday, but it really was kind of like that kick in the butt that I needed, you know, because coming back from my grad program and getting back in the States and kind of just trying to figure out, you know, okay, how do I start this business? I have this idea. I have this business plan, but but where do I go about starting? And so the pitch competition, I mean, that was my first investment. And, you know, for someone who is in that early stage, it was, it was kind of like, okay, you know, this is something that other people think I'm not just the only person that thinks that this is a good idea. What did you know about pitch competitions before you went and, you know, took part in the Black Girl Ventures pitch competition? And what made you decide to actually step up to the plate, if you will? So I knew quite a lot about pitch competitions. I went to Howard University. I was in the School of Business, and we are all about preparations, competitions, presentations. So that's something that I've always been very familiar with. And actually, uh, with my grad program, that was one of our projects was to do a pitch competition just within our, um, our, our graduate class. So the whole concept is something that I've, you know, I am familiar with. But I think why I decided to actually apply to this one was because, I mean, in order to start the business, I do need investment. I need guidance. And when I looked at, you know, what Shelly stood for and what Black Girl Ventures stood for, I loved the idea of being around these other Black uh, female entrepreneurs. And so I just thought it was an amazing opportunity. Um, Austin is literally two hours from me. And, you know, it was just kind of like, why not? You know, I mean, it's, it, you know, just, I think that's, really why I decided to go ahead and go for it. I I think that's great. And and Casey, I was there for your pitch. You did an outstanding job. I think the energy just across everyone who pitched in in the uh, space at South by Southwest was um, inspiring. Uh, One of the things I'd also want to commend you on as being an early stage company is that you've been really clear on your vision and you've done your homework on the competitive landscape. And I've seen companies that have been in business for several years that still don't know who their top competitors are or understand mm-hmm. their their competitive advantage or differentiator. So you've done a great job articulating that. And, you know, we're looking forward to following you as you grow. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you so much. So Shelly Bell, um, again, we're just really excited with, with what you're doing with Black Girl Ventures. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you decided to create the boss up competitions and tell us a little bit more about how that's different than some of the other pitch competitions uh, across the nation. Yeah, thank you. Wait, I have a question. So Casey, you weren't already in Austin or you know, I live in, I live, yeah, I live in Houston. Oh my God. I did not know that (laughs) until this moment. Yeah, but it's only two hours away. So it, it I mean, that's awesome. You know, like you know what? I thought yeah. she was in Austin, too. And then when I read your bio, I realized you were based in Houston. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all thought, I think I thought that, too. You were in Austin. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that until this moment. Okay, that's 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 great. Um, because, I mean, well, I thought you may have been in South by Southwest. And I necessarily live in Austin, but I thought you may have already mm-hmm. been in the city already. Oh, that's great. Okay. Yeah, um, I hadn't even the black girl. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying I hadn't even planned on going to South by Southwest. That it was, you know, all just for the pitch competition. Wow, that makes the story so much greater. Wow. Okay. Um, the black girl ventures. We we transitioned from using the the term boss up, um, except for in Baltimore. And um, as we travel, we'll kind of let the, the city or the region kind of adapt what they feel is best, but all under the Black Girl Ventures Pitch Competition. 
Um, we work to create access to capital for black women entrepreneurs. With the pitch competition, we disrupt the current pitch competition model. So the current model is, of course, as most people may know and some may not, um, is you have a panel of judges. It's free to get in. Everybody watches the panel of judges judge entrepreneurs as they present. What we do is we disrupt that. We toss out the judges. Uh, we raise money at the door. Um, it's all community engagement. So the community asks the questions and the community also votes. And it creates a community experience where people have um, donated their time and their money. Uh, what we found is that by allowing people in the audience to speak, we get a lot more input, um, a lot more, it's a lot more diversity in the input. So we've had people from government, we have people from, um, from, the, from foundations, we have people from all over that we probably wouldn't have been conscious to choose as judges or don't typically get to be judges. Um, and so we give away the, and so we see that the, the uh, experience is just amazing in the questions that people have. So it's direct consumer feedback to the entrepreneur. Yeah, I, I I love the questions that that come up. It's you know it's they're so broad and um, you know indicative of the the consumer base for everyone that's pitching. For you, what is your favorite part of the pitch competitions? Hmm. My favorite part is probably the voting part because we we are using technology to vote and on the screen you can see the lines moving um according to like who's voting and for some reason that creates like so much excitement <laughs> in the crowd is like like watching little kids what play uh with something on the screen and so in that moment it just really really inspires me. I think so in terms of like the moment where I'm like this is so much fun is that moment <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, I definitely enjoy hearing from the women entrepreneurs. And I, so I would also, my other favorite moment is before the pitch competition. So we always have um, like a green room or an area where we meet with the women before the pitch competition starts. And I just talk to them and just kind of let them know, like, this is about you. Like this space is created specifically for black women founders. You have already won. You're already working. You're already doing your thing. And this is an opportunity for you to tell a new group of people. But you're already winners. Um, and, you know, we have, like, conversation in those moments. That's where, depending on how much interaction we've had before this competition, that's my first, like, human introduction to them, uh, where they get to ask questions and we just rally behind each other, hug, take pictures. Um, it's, it's such a great moment. Um, so I would say those two are my, my ultimate favorite. But I definitely love listening to the women pitch and um, and get in the crowd engaged. How, how is the pitch competition you normally have around the country different from the one you just had in Austin at South by Southwest? It was an element that was a little different elements. Yeah. Thank you for highlighting that. So at South by Southwest, it was more of a showcase for us. So we had sponsors who sponsored the, um, the prize that we gave away. So get found, get funded is what was one of our sponsors. Um, C Smith media, um, of course, Black Girl Ventures and um, the We DC House and the um, DC Economic Partnership. They were all of our partners in this one. And it was a showcase. It was a bit shorter than the one we usually do. And we didn't raise money at the door with this one, the, the, um, the prize was sponsored. So normally, as we travel around the, com around the country, we, there's a ticket price. And that ticket price turns into the investment for the woman entrepreneur. And you're not requiring um, people who enter the pitch competition to be venture-backable startups. Is that right? Not necessarily requiring them to be venture-backable in, in, um, with that language. I think um, the, so. The, the criteria is one to three years in business. The typical criteria is one to three years in business, revenue generating, and you have to be within a 50-mile radius of the venue. So our whole goal is we're traveling around the, com the country to catalyze the local um, and to really support the local entrepreneur because we feel like our, we have one solution for access to capital, um, and we want to make sure that we're using that solution to support the local government, the local economy, um, and the women local to where we're hosting the competition. And what do you mean by the one solution? Can you just talk about that a little bit more compared to the other pitch, uh, pitch competitions? Yeah, um, so... Looking at black women as the fastest growing entrepreneurial segment in the country, receiving less than 1% of VC 
funds, there has to be some other way that we get funded, right? There's no, um, we, don't, we don't have generational capital, generational wealth, um, or access to capital in a way we can go to an uncle and say, hey, can you give me $50,000 so I can try this idea out? Um, that's just not a part of, minority, of the minority experience. Um, and so our solution is that we rate, we create this event that creates excitement around the entrepreneur, also engages the community in the in the stages of entrepreneurship, which which informs the community about entrepreneurship and inspires other people about entrepreneurship. Um, and so that's part of it. And then raising that money and giving the money away so the ticket sales becoming a donation. That is our solution for a low barrier access to funding for black women entrepreneurs. Other solutions are um, that some people have debt-based solutions uh, where it's debt-based equity. Some people have, I mean, of course, there's angel investors. And, I mean, VC, <clears throat> venture capitalists, that is a solution um, if you are venture-backable. Um, but our solution is is that we kind of, it's, it's a for-us-by-us kind of solution. So the historical premise behind it, is the rent party in the early 1900s? Uh, black people faced discrimination in Harlem, um, rent discrimination. The rent, the rent prices were, prices were raised, and so what they did is they threw parties to pay the rent. And these were not like your average, just like any old kind of party. They had like specific invitations. There were people there that we would consider the African American greats, like Duke Ellington, Langston Hughes, Fats Waller. Um, so these parties were major things that people were using to create access to capital in their community. And the Black Girl Ventures pitch competition follows that premise into this into this age and into um, how we can create access to capital for Black women founders. I always say the rent parties were the first crowdfunding. <laughs> they, led, <laughs> right. they led to crowdfunding. I've always <laughs> said that. Um, you know, I've never experienced it. I've only seen it on in the movies, but I, it just always stood out in my head how Black people gathered and came together to, you know, raise money to help, you know, their own people, you know, to stay in their, um, to stay in their home. So I, th- I commend you and I applaud you for, you know, using that model. Yeah, and, and Shelly, I also want to highlight as well, while it's called Black Girl um, Pitch Competition, Black Girl Ventures Pitch Competition, sorry, you're open to all black and brown founders, and you've actually had a, a wide variety of, of women pitching at your competitions. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what you're looking to do across this uh, multi-city tour that you're doing? And as you go to each city, how can they better partner with you to increase that ticket price so that the pot of money that um, these awesome entrepreneurs are getting grows? Yeah, we are, as we travel, we're looking to expand into a half-day conference uh, where we will couple, where we will combine design thinking, um, consulting, and storytelling, um, along with the pitching to create an, a whole day experience where we can offer more to the entrepreneurs that we serve, also offer more um, space for corporations and brands to interact with our audience. Um, we will be, the, the storytelling part of it will be launched under a campaign called Rise of the Black Woman, where yeah. we'll be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag R-O-T-V-W. Yes, we yes. will, um, <laughs> where we will, we, we want to, I feel like storytelling is a major missing part of this. Um, so we have the stats, and we're we're constantly talking about implicit bias and using this kind of, I guess, higher level language to refer to the issue. Um, and I think that the more Black women stories that we can get out there, the more the more stories from minorities that we can get out there, um, it, it has, we have the opportunity to change the perception of what it means or who can be a founder, what a successful founder looks like, um, and people who can scale and do have great ideas. I think like we are we have a huge missed opportunity if we are not investing in women and black women and black people. Um, so I think part of the storytelling part has to be there from the design thinking and consulting piece. It is important that we offer things to our community to help push them forward as well. So access to capital is not just giving the money away, which like that's part of it. Right. But capital could be financial and social. So creating an experience where people can work together on their their a community experience where they can work together on solving issues that they may be facing in their in their business also creates capital by like customer acquisition, um, refining your business model, um, getting your marketing tips and what that looks like. Um, and so that will be what the competition day looks like after the competition. So currently the winner wins a portion of the money that we raise 
in a meeting with an investor, a meeting with a lawyer, a meeting with an accountant, um, and some other services that partners will offer, like, for example, um, interviews on podcasts, um, and which is awesome for their visibility. <laughs> we also have partnered with Blatson Consultants. So Blatson Consulting is a group of consultants from all of your major consulting firms like Deloitte, Booz Allen, KPMG, PwC. And what, what they will be doing is offering consulting to our eight participants after the pitch competition. So the next event after the pitch competition for the participants will be a speed consulting event. And the top three people who from the pitch competition will receive dedicated consulting for three months following the pitch competition. So we're creating a complete pipeline um, that surrounds the, the women founders that we serve with community, uh, with constant design thinking and consulting to help them push their ideas forward and also giving access to capital. And Shelly, I think what's so amazing about what you're doing is you're creating this possibility and community that is not just for venture-backable businesses, and it is opening some of that information and access to what it looks like to be a venture-backable business to folks who might otherwise not consider that, right? So while you're not saying everybody has to be venture-backable, you're saying, hey, if you want access to this world, then let's show you what that looks like, and we're going to show you what a pitch competition is. In this case, Casey had you know experience with pitch competitions, but a lot of people have never seen them before. They don't really know what that means or what that looks like. But you're not limiting the winners, obviously, to only people who are in that realm. And then they get the same kind of really unique services that perhaps often are only available to venture-backable businesses. So I think it's a really nice hybrid. Yeah, yeah I think, um, you know, the solution to generational wealth and poverty allevi- alleviation is layered, right? There has yeah. to be an on-ramp. There has to be a place for people to enter the ecosystem um, for, like, viewing entrepreneurship as a solution to some of some of these issues that we deal with in the economy, um, there has to be a place for people to enter, right? And then there has to be a place for people to scale. Um, I do. We have seen venture back. We do have venture back backable businesses that pitch, and they pitch because it's a space that's created for them. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the the idea of being venture backable or getting VC funding has become very sexy and very um, like the thing to do. I don't think that every company is looking for that. Or every founder is looking for that. I don't think that every founder will need it or, um, or should go for it. Um, even though I know that's like maybe contrary to the popular opinion. Um, but we do see founders who founders like Arian from family bots, who is very venture backable. Um, even founders like um, enrich her, um, um, Rashana Novellis, who also can be venture backable. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that we see. So I, I definitely don't want to paint a picture that we don't see venture backable businesses because we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more we travel and the more we go, I mean, even the companies that pitch at South by Southwest um, are very venture backable businesses. You have um, Spot Locator uh, by Ashley Banky. That is like an amazing um, app for finding locations to take pictures. Very venture backable business. So I think that what we're creating is not a matter of being venture-backable or not. It is definitely a matter of, of a space that is for black women founders. And we will be raising our own venture fund. And as we travel the country, we'll be having conversations with different venture firms to say, hey, um, you know, there's a diversity issue here, and we need to talk about it. And how are we going to address that? And we have we have a few ways that you can. You can join our firm. Um, also, there's some other things that I can't talk about at the moment, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, but all of that will be rolling out very soon. And I'll just say, um, Black Girl Ventures. Like, you looking for Black women to invest in? Where else would you go but Black Girl Ventures? Right? It's plain. It's clear. It's where we are. It's who we are. It's what we're doing. So, yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> I just want to make a few points just about the the community that you're building. It's really a place to empower. And as you mentioned, it's a, a place to help identify uh, diverse entrepreneurs and talent and also provide that on-ramp. Um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, I love about the competition was the interaction between all of the entrepreneurs. And I, I've seen and witnessed in multiple of your pitch competitions just the partnerships that come out of that. You know, there are people that are partnering to um, – there are people that are partnering to put their products in a manufacturing uh, plant together. There are people that are partnering to help scale. There are p- people that have small companies that are now 
you know, going after the same clients, but providing complementary uh, services and products. So I think that in and of itself, that community is really helping. And Pipeline Angels and Get Found, Get Funded are excited to be partners with you on this journey. Shelly, one more question about South by Southwest, since I did not go this year for the first time in like five years, but that's okay. Uh, sounds like everybody had a wonderful experience there. Um, I don't know if our uh, listeners know this, but South by Southwest, South, South by Southwest is one of the largest tech and interactive conferences in the world that also includes um, music and entertainment. Um, the part that Shelly participated in is the um, interactive, um, tech and interactive portion of it. So why did you decide to host a pitch competition there? Was a lot of competition, as you know, at South by Southwest, a lot of energy, a lot of people. The We DC House, you know, it's folks coming in and out. It's a little crazy in there. Uh, although it's a wonderful experience, but why? Why a South by Southwest? Why did you decide to showcase there? Well, South by Southwest is one of those places where you go to break nationally, right? You know, if, if it was a radio station, it would be the place you want to break your record, kind of thing. So I Not think that um, you know it was beneficial <laughs> for us to go there to showcase to another part of the world, like, you know, from a tech perspective, uh, what we do, and just to, show, to get a new audience, um, to get new founders, <laughs> um, to find as many people as we can. So I feel like it was, it was, it was our launch um, nationally. It was a great place to, to, to say, hey, to the world, like, you know, now being at South by Southwest, being able to say we did it at South by Southwest is also like a huge validator um, for us as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard great things about it. I wish I could have been there as well. Casey, tell us what you mm -hmm. plan to do with the money that you won at South by Southwest. So this was my first investment ever. Um, and what I've been doing or what I'm really excited about is I've been working with a graphic designer, trying to get my branding and my logo down. Um, there's also in July um, a London textile fair and a future fabrics expo, which is all based around sustainable fabrics and sustainable technologies that I just got tickets to. So I'm excited about that and just having, um, you know, having the access to the funds to be able to do some things like that has been, you know, very um, important and integral in kind of just uh, me building this company and testing. So. Um, I'm super excited to really get the ball rolling and this investment or that initial investment is what I really needed to kind of start doing those things. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about that, like not just from the monetary standpoint, but from the, you know, energy standpoint and the motivation standpoint, is there anything specifically that the emotional capital of it all <laughs> winning the oh, black girl goodness. ventures competition yeah tell us a little bit about your your experience you in know, that particularly at south by southwest yeah it was amazing and one thing i want to touch on too uh shelly mentioned earlier her favorite part was um kind of like the beginning when we all kind of got to talk my favorite part actually shelly was the email that you sent through. So like that morning before the pitch competition, you know, everyone's nervous. And lucky enough for me, I had a friend who was kind of going through the process with me. So we kind of got to bounce those nerves back, you know, off of each other. But Shelly sent this like amazing email the morning of the pitch competition. And she just kind of said, you know, we're, you guys are already winners. And we're coming here today to showcase why we're so great. And I just, it put me at ease. And it really just kind of helped me center myself. And it, it, it felt like I was in a community. And so at that pitch competition, it didn't really feel like a competition. It felt like a bunch of black female entrepreneurs getting up and talking about what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so that whole experience, I mean, honestly, it was motivating. It was inspiring. And just about what you guys are talking about, about the community. So getting to meet those other female entrepreneurs who are at these different stages in their businesses, getting to talk and network, I mean, the whole thing was an amazing opportunity. I'm excited for more opportunities like that. I'm so excited to be within that Black Girl Ventures community um, because, like you said, it wasn't just about the monetary game, but, I mean, this is my first podcast. So having the opportunity to get my brand out and speak about it has been amazing. And, um, 
even, you know, the talk with, um, there's also a consultation that you win with the VC. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to, you know, have someone to bounce my ideas off of. And, you know, it's just, it was amazing. I mean, thank you, Shelly, for the opportunity. Thank you for doing something like this. And I'm excited to see how Black Girl Ventures grows and how I can be a part of that growth as well. That is so wonderful. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I don't mean to go there. I'm about to cry <laughs> over here. Like, oh, my God. Thank you I mean, no, so much for really... participating. You drove two hours. That's so amazing. And you won. And so now I definitely see, like, where that emotion came from. I really, really oh, appreciate it. Oh, yeah. That's you. why I was, like, yeah. crying afterwards. It was, yeah. like, a whole moment, you know. But, yeah, I mean, it was yeah. it was an amazing experience, honestly. That's beautiful. It is. It We're is. about to cry over here, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're all having a moment. <laughs> right. The, the interesting thing is Aurelia and I were at a, a meeting yesterday, um, and someone was explaining something and used the term emotional capital. And so often we use financial capital mm-hmm. and social capital and all these other things. But it's really great to see this community, Black Girl Ventures, really creating that emotional capital. Mm-hmm. And that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs need is that support or just that you Definitely. know so you have that flickering light and sometimes you just need people around you to turn help you turn that light on so you can go and do great Definitely. things and speak your passion so thank you both for for sharing um, is there any last thoughts or anything that you want our listeners to know that you haven't shared already I just want all of the listeners out there to keep an eye out for this view is on the way. And we are trying to empower and encourage and celebrate what real women look like today. And I do want to, again, thank you all for the opportunity to come on the podcast and just talk a little bit about myself and about the brand. And I just, again, want to thank Shelly and Black Girl Ventures for the opportunity. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I want to give a shout out to all my... No, I'm kidding. I want to thank God. What'd you say? I want to thank God. You know how people get up right, there. Right, shout right, out. Right. Thank God. Um, no, I want to... Everybody check us out at www.blackgirlventures.org. Follow us on Instagram at blackgirlventures. Follow us on Twitter at B-Girl Ventures. Uh, We have a lot of awesome things coming up. Our next pitch competition in D.C. is June 14th. Um, And then following that, we'll be in Philly on July 19th. So definitely, if there there are um, women out there who want to apply, uh, go to the website, uh, blackgirlventures.org, and come out and see us. Contact us. We want to hear from you. We want people to become visible. We want to put as many black women founder stories out there as we can. We're also looking for um venture partners we're looking for corporations um so definitely um people who can help us push the movement forward and watch out for hashtag rise of the black woman as you mentioned hashtag rotbw yes get this going um casey on your end how can people get in contact with you so you can get in contact with me via social media. My handle is my name. Um, it's Casey, K-A-S-I-L-N-A-Y-L-E-S, Nails. And um, again, just keep a lookout for, for the few. The website is coming up soon, and I'm super excited. Wonderful. Well, thank you, ladies, both for joining our show. This has been uh, an amazing experience for all of us. So thank you for coming on, Casey. We enjoyed hearing this um, this, this incredible story that you have. And um, in today's episode, we learned about the impact of pitch competitions and um, the community on during the entrepreneur journey. We talked to Casey from um, For the Few, For the Fashion, For the Earth, For the Women, uh, about her um, sustainable uh, lingerie company. And um, it promotes women's empowerment. It's an early stage company. And um, we learned throughout this show as she was talking, she was very clear in her vision and she understands our competition, which is so key. And the story behind For the Few is that, you know, they celebrate women where they are today. And I thought that that's what resonated with me the most is hearing that part of the story is socially driven and it's just, it inspires women uh, and empowers them. It's an e-commerce platform and it's uh, online. And one of their ideal so, uh, customers is a mature millennial, uh, a conscious consumer. 
and they're con- they're really concerned about where their clothes are going to be made. And she introduced not introduced specifically you know, she's been working on this all along however she introduced this at her at a pitch competition at black girl ventures um at south by southwest um hosted by shelly bell and um another inspiring motivating um competition which matched in my opinion, uh, Casey's energy. And that's what gave her the so-called, what she said earlier, kick in the butt to, to get out there and really talk about the, you know, her, her product, her program. And Shelly helped to bring all these women, including Casey together to talk about their wonderful products and services and, um, black girl vision and their pitch competitions, they disrupt, the model, the pitch competition model by tossing out judges, as Shelly said. So those are her words, not mine. Uh, Raise money at the door. Uh, she creates a community experience. And when I say she does create a community experience, it's it's, a, it's an amazing one that I think everyone should experience, if, especially if you're an entrepreneur. And it's, she allows the community to ask questions. So versus having those judges, the community gets up there and asks the questions. And she used South by Southwest as a showcase to let people know that you know, Black Girl Ventures, our pinch competitions is here. We are we we are rising up and um, we are making some noise. And um, people absolutely, if you ever experience Black Girl Ventures in the pitch competition, you walk out feeling just so uh, invigorating. And that's how Casey felt. So while we were talking about these pitch competitions uh, throughout, that was our thing. But also you notice our thing was community. And so in Shelly's case, she is creating um, community using emotional capital. And she also partners not only just the female entrepreneurs, but she also creates community for others who are just participating in this experience. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. I really appreciate it. And don't forget to check us out on our website at giftfoundgiftfunded.com. Sign up for our newsletter and check us out on social media. On Instagram, we're at giftfound underscore giftfunded. On Twitter, we're at giftfound underscore funded. And we are also on Facebook. Please check us out. And, of course, listen each week and don't miss an episode. we get to hear a music <laughs> <laughs> i was feeling a little off so rodney i'm telling you right now i was yeah, like